game 27, Bournemouth versus Burnley on the 28th of October 2023, titled Shallow How. Beggars can't be choosers, is the old saying, and to that end I am regularly employed, albeit undertaking the less glamorous end of the Premier League battles. Bournemouth versus Burnley isn't one you would have picked if you'd have had the chance. So does that make me shallow? Cognitive behaviour therapy works on the premise of every little win is a step forward, making you realise if you are so inclined that loads of little wins mean that every day can be better than you imagined. So bearing that in mind, the first line in being employed by TalkSport Live more often than not is a winner-winner chicken dinner. I could be called shallow, and in all honesty, shallowness of people I meet tends to hurt me. But what hurts me more is the time it takes me to work out somebody who is in my sphere is shallow and then finding out that they are using me. I do feel sorry for them in the end because I cannot open up any doors for anybody. The train journey is a little boring. Normal procedures resume. Foolish at Oxford Parkway and cramped by London. It's the day the clocks go back in England, meaning we lose an hour's kip overnight. But it's also the last day before my last ever show on Jack FM tomorrow morning. So I suppose my thoughts were a little on the quiet side. I was there on the opening day of Jack FM, and now we'll be doing the last live show on the station before literally they will be dismantling the studios as I leave. It was home for a long time, and as a station was literally one of a kind. I'll go to my grave treasuring the moments we had as the Banana Boys covering Oxford United with live commentary in a show that Tiswas would have been proud of. More of that, though, another day. So does wanting Liverpool-Newcastle over a Bournemouth-Burnley make me shallow? Does it show that I'm capable of disrespecting these two clubs whose fans believe, as I do with Oxford United, that this is the only club that matters? In a way, I suppose it's how my wife feels when she wants Chris Hemsworth in bed alongside her and not me on top of her. It is about perceptions and getting what you want, opposed to being grateful for a lot. Malcontentment often makes us pursue things we shouldn't, and then people use people in an effort to reach their goals. Anyway, I was happy when the exec producer sent me my monthly fixtures, and I feel I'm in for an afternoon of less than attractive city-style football. Then so be it, everyone will scream at me. If that's all you've got to worry about, then get a fucking grip, son. Andoni, Iriola's Bournemouth side, hadn't really been flying under his tutelage, and Vincent Company's side, who strolled to the championship title last season, hadn't hit the ground running this season. A basement battle was to ensue, and it did! Burnley leading before Iriola's Bournemouth side came back to win. On the journey home, I got on at Paddington to travel to Longhambra, another local station to my home. But it wasn't the Chilton line, it was the Great Western. I think I've said before, the trains are a little more comfier. Anyway, the guard comes along and asks for tickets as we head away from London. I produce my ticket and rail card when the guard looks at my ticket and says tersely, Where are you going? I replied quietly, Longhambra. He snaps, well, you shouldn't be on this train. Sorry, I reply. I often travel on this train, I continue. Well, your ticket says via High Wycombe. This doesn't go via High Wycombe, so why are you on this train? I said, I'm sorry, but it does say London All Stations and Zones 1 to 6. Sorry, do I owe you any more? Now, after saying sorry and offering to pay for any difference, this is the bit that got me. He took my apology and decided it was a weakness, before raising his voice to the rest of the carriage in an attempt to belittle me and make me feel like a criminal and him a hero by saying, I have every right to make you buy a brand new ticket of full cost. 
I sort of squinted at him as he loomed over me thinking, what a wanker. But I didn't say that. I just apologised again for my oversight. To which he then loudly sighed and exclaimed loudly, just don't do this again. I will let you off, but you really should know better. He moved off and I thought, why do people, when you concede a point, take it as a green light to go further in, ram home their authority and their point? I sat back and thought about the events that had unfolded. Yes, he was right and I was wrong. And maybe his performance was one of his high spots of his day. But not everyone is a chancer who works a system or milks things for all it's worth. But it angered me internally and I got home a little riled. Just a footnote, I found out on another day the difference was about 60 pence. And now I get the right ticket and look forward to meeting him on another train and producing my ticket like a magician from behind his ear and watching his face. Don't get mad, shallow Hal. Get even. Game 28. Manchester United versus City on the 29th of October 2023. Titled The Harder They Fall. I am back in the local studio for this one and looking forward to this one to take my mind off my last and the last ever live show on Jack FM. We have been playing trailers for a couple of weeks now for Ken Bruce FM, but today it was the last time to cover local sport and to thank the people who've supported the show. Radio is in freefall, in my humble opinion, and to that extent, so is television. Online content is being made cheaply and simply, and in some cases, very well, but radio or broadcasting is on its knees. Halcyon days when it was the medium to have has given way to a fight with words and pictures, i.e. telly. It then fought its way back up to secure its place in the marketplace with the building sites, breakfast time slots and drive time in the car, and sports broadcasting providing that live element. It stood its ground, but now the internet has changed the way people devour their information, where they want to watch and when, and they can choose their music tastes without ad or some idiot of a presenter chattering all around it. Spotify and Apple Music and other playlist selectors can be tuned to your taste. Podcasts on your favourite subject are there in their thousands. And a 45-second clip on social media can be feasted on in a frenzy with no policing or even editorial or checking of information. YouTube and any other video catalogue outlet shows how our taste in getting our daily dose of what we want has changed. Series are advertised and you can watch the series in a night. And now broadcasting has finally seen whether commercial or local BBC that unless you have a jewel in the crown, normally live sport, as long as they tell you about the weather and the state of the local roads on the hour, quarter past and quarter two plus on the half hour, everything else can be done by one person and an iPod. So in my humble opinion, radio will only survive for the diminishing market, those that grew up listening to the wireless and still do, but are nearing the stage of their life where they're pushing up daisies in a community-based way. Even the local BBC regions are stripped down and using syndication. If local stations or regions see the local professional clubs take their rights elsewhere, life for those regionals could be fast reaching an end. So as I left a complete studio number two at 12.05 this afternoon, studio one was already being dismantled, and without being all melancholy, another part of my life was being dismantled too. So it's good to have another studio and another game to take my mind off it. A Manchester derby. A little context here as I grew up, and before anybody says you never have, I totally agree. 
In the early 70s, United were in decline. City were the last champions in that area before it became Liverpool this and Liverpool that, punctuated only by Derby and Forest causing the Red Machine any bother. They were imperious, they were great and their fans rubbed everybody's noses in it. They would moan if they hadn't beaten you by five goals or if you'd got a draw, they were robbed etc etc. But as a team they were good. They dominated British football throughout my early years, into my middle years and some of my later years. If you think United under Fergie seemed to win everything, then that is how it felt watching Liverpool. Or if you've just started getting into football, it's a bit like watching City now. Brilliance and domination can lead to most people disliking them, or even in a football way, hating them. Therefore, it is satisfying when they fall from grace. United are now universally disliked, and any semblance of trying to build momentum is still met with loads of woohoos when they invariably slip up. That is what their dominance under Ferguson bred, nothing but contempt. I still find it hard to understand that when the emergence of money for sides, which ultimately changed their fortunes of the said signs, never really gets latched upon by the media or the fans. You can admire City and you can admire Pep and you can admire the football they play and the squad assembled, but when Peter Swales and Francis Lee were there, they couldn't muster a shot at the title. So please don't tell me money and the influx of didn't change things. Take the money away, not mentioning any names Chelsea currently, and your superhuman invincibility disappears. Newcastle will be warned. Blackburn will tell you nothing lasts forever. Oh, I forgot the match. United vs City, a game to see how the rebuild under Eric Tan Hag is going. 90 plus minutes later and the pretty damning conclusion played out before our eyes is it isn't. Martin Tyler's Aguero moment that led City to their first title and moved United over and out of the pride of Manchester title has seen them fall a long way behind Manchester City. United have been thumped by Liverpool on their own patch. City and Balotelli were rampant in recent years at Old Trafford. But United looked ordinary. City were imperious and the fans all over the world who grew so tired of United's dominance gloated away. I've often said that the boxer who loses his title and wins it back would get my votes, it shows real determination. Will United ever match City or even new Moneybags Castle? I don't know. But if they do, I tend to think I'll be in a home somewhere. I pack up having struggled ultimately to make this spectacle interesting because it was never really a contest. It has been a strange weekend in a way, sad as the fall of the Jack FM empire suddenly became imminent as the last recorded show was going out tonight. But as they say, tomorrow is another day. Life goes on. So true. Funny how it seems. Always in time, but never in line for dreams. I don't need another bed. Good night. Game 29. Brentford versus West Ham on the 4th of November 2023. Titled, A Wee Adventure. A Wee Adventure. Well, as a man of advancing years, I suffer from the same issues as most people do. The sound of a dripping tap or walking past a toilet can make me want to go. I am not that old, but you never know when you might need to go. So using the petrol tank theory in reverse, i.e. filling up when you see a petrol station equals empty the bladder when you can theory, I do often wonder why we cannot harness the body's own ability to take one drink of fluids, in my case a latte, and turn it from half a litre to something approaching two litres. I personally feel like I am a miracle worker. It doesn't seem to matter what the intake is, the outpouring of returning water urine, back into the wild is always considerably larger. 
You may well request substantiation of this. Well, one day I had a coffee and needed a wee in the middle of London, because although the satnav said I had a couple of miles to travel, with the traffic, it was about three quarters of an hour, leading me to pee behind a skip in the middle of London into an empty cup. And I must have emptied the cup into the skip twice before finishing. I rest my case. Anyway, five carriages from Oxford Parkway to Marlebone, so the sign says. I, in my smug way, wait all on my lonesome at the far end of the platform. The train duly appears and pulls up right by me. On I get, grab my seat to save my knees and settle down. I quickly notice there are no lights on in the carriage, and the driver has popped out to talk about something with the station staff. I peer out of the spattered window to see if I can see what they're discussing, before a head shake and a nod, and the driver walks into, well, my carriage, and announces he has to shut this carriage due to no power to it. Can we all get off and go back on another carriage to continue our journey? My head screams, for fuck's sake, everybody else is on! I am not getting a seat on this four-carriage train. I managed to ask someone to move their bag off a seat, as quite rightly their bag hasn't bought a fucking ticket. Yes, little things and I become as angry as fuck. Don't start me on the Tupperware cupboard at home. I mastered my volleying technique over the years with those little bits that fall out of the cupboard when you try to put something in it. Now, I can hear you saying, yes, I can live with you on that point, but why a wee adventure? Well, this particular day, my wife and I had stopped at a local coffee shop prior to going to the station to catch the train and I had my obligatory large latte. I passed through the gates and the toilets because I didn't actually have an inkling for a tinkling at the time. So now sat on the train with an hour and 25 minutes, stop at every station, journey ahead of me, it's cool. Now I don't know exactly at what point, but I do know it was early on. I first got the inkling for a tinkling. The 405 train must have been at Haddenham and Tame Parkway when it was effectively standing room only on the train. By Wickham, it was impossible to move anywhere and a glance from my seat through the legs and body parts showed me this carriage didn't have a toilet in it. There was one on the unused carriage, which by my calculations meant one in one and another in carriage four. I'm in carriage two and the aisles were stacked out. Now I'm not sure if this is a mental thing, but now the urge to pee gathers momentum. It's uncomfortable, but bearable. I checked the estimated time of arrival. Shoot, I still have at least 45 minutes to go, or not, as the case may be. The uncomfortableness goes up a couple more notches once my mind has done this calculation. I am sitting on an aisle seat facing forward and glance over my right shoulder for a quick reconnaissance view for access. It isn't going to happen. My mind ratchets up the beautiful thought of the release of urine moment. That simple thought seems to fill up the whole of my penis now with piss. I have train groin movements in my eye line. Well, they're all stood up and generally whatever you may think about this, groins are right there moving with the motion of the train. There is a point where you mentally succumb to things. It has gone from uncomfortable to constantly being on my mind, to my urine being in the departure lounge, ready to board. Another glance at the ETA and the actual route to what could be a dream scenario of an empty train toilet. There isn't a cat and house chance of getting through the carriage. I'm starting to feel sick as my body has gone into full piss suppression mode. What am I gonna do? Every minute feels like an hour and every movement bump or rock of the carriage means further suppression. Now, like an underground wartime bunker, my mind is calculating the best strategy for the release of the peace. Marleybone toilets are situated around to the right. So effectively, on platforms one, two or three, around a hundred yard walk to the gates, and then around a hundred yards round to the right. 
build in the empty and train and trying to get through the ticket barriers me not walking fast due to my knees are you listening the nhs and possibly others marching at a rate of knots to the gents as well more complications arising with only six urinals and six cubicles of which you have to factor in a couple out of order and a father and son visitors there could be a delay in my releasing my water back into the wild and two men sharing a urinal might not go down too well in a public toilet I'm not sure I have the time to make it. Movement, however subtle, could bring on some premature releasing, which could lead to not being able to stop. No, I did not do my pelvic floor exercises when my wife was pregnant. I am contemplating sitting tight for the train to empty and doubling back to the train toilet. But that has a hazard, as I am in a Nile seat. I have to let matey boy out by the side of me, which means I could get swept up in the current of the train emptying, causing me to decide what's moving, what to do. Oh, for fuck's sake. We arrive on platform fucking five. That is about another 200 yards further away from the gates. Mentally, I'm shot. I'm up like Jack Rabbit. I roll with the crowds, but cleverly once out of the train, head towards the passengers getting off, like a salmon swimming upstream. I get to the toilet carriage and almost burst through the getting off persons to find it's fucking engaged. Dilemmas rage in my head. Sit tight, sit tight. They'll be out in a minute, I think. Hang on. I can hear a mother and child in there. I glance to the heavens, thinking the big boss is now taking a piss. Well, obviously not mine anyway. Come on, come on, I mouth to myself. I hear the hand dryer go. I'm in with a squeak. Come on, come on, I'm thinking as I have about 30 seconds left of piss restraining resolve left in me. I think the little boy in the toilet with his mum is asking questions about signage. My head screams, it's a fucking sign, get out! Clunk and the light changes outside the door. I'm now undoing my flies. This is going to be close. The mother and child come out as I'm fumbling with my flies. I get in, lock the door, and get my appendage out, ready for piss delivery all at once. Multitasking again here, and it won't come out. But after a painful release, you know what I mean, relief spreads over my body. Sickness evaporates and calm floats over the once tense body, but I'm still releasing my waters back into the wild, or a pot under the train anyway. And I'm still going. After what seems like an eternity in there, there's a knock at the door, and in fairness, I'm still in full flow. I'm not saying I was in there a long time, but I was clean-shaven when I went in and came out with a poor effort of a beard. The bloke outside, who was waiting to clean, stared at me on my egress out of the toilet and said, You do know there are toilets at the station? I smiled and said, Yes, I wouldn't have made it. Little note to myself, take every opportunity to wee when you can, and don't, and don't have a coffee before travelling. See... Always learn from experiences. Two large lattes later, and I'm in the studio getting ready for Brentford versus West Ham. It's a game I'm looking forward to. Maybe not as much as my earlier was, but I was looking forward to it. And so it came to pass. Neil Mope turned in a wayward Onyeka cross for his first goal in 35 games. West Ham, though, were better. Antonio's cross and a wonder strike from Kudus. West Ham went to the forefront again as Bowen tapped in after the ball had hit the post for 2-1. Before the moment happened. And it was one of those moments where you could sense it would have an effect on the final score. Antonio missed an open goal at the back post, which would have finished the bees off before the break. But they didn't into the second half. And West Ham did what they always seem to do. Sit back and give the initiative to Brentford. Matthias Jensen, who I thought was magnificent for Brentford throughout, saw Mavropanas head into his own net for the equaliser before Collins scored his first Brentford goal to wrap up a come-from-behind 3-2 victory for the home side. 
As the late Bruce Forsyth would have said, good game, good game. The journey home was not such a wee adventure as the journey to the game, and the old bladder was good for the hour and a half journey home. I was greeted at the station by my wife and Rocco the Beagle, who both sat totally unimpressed by my recounting of my wee adventure.